tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hi, I think we're having some problem with the sound. Kate was going to introduce us today. I'm Rachel, and hopefully Kate will be back with us in a second. We are talking today about physical death and living in spirit and how the physical body doesn't live forever, but our consciousness does. So, Kate, can you hear me? <laughs> yes. I um. <laughs> I started speaking, and all of a sudden I started hearing you speaking, and I thought, oh, well, if I turn my microphone on, it would probably work. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, we. Um, there's so much going on in the world today. Um, we've uh, Rachel and I were just discussing the, um, the hurricane, Matthew, um, down in Florida and the Keys and and what devastation it has wreaked already. And my daughter's in Florida. She's on the west coast of Florida, and the angels have told us that she will be fine. And I just sent out a newsletter, too, about holding that space of love for the whole area and everyone involved and how powerful that is. And, and of course, then we were also going to be speaking about uh, death and transcending that fear of the physical body dying just so much going on, um, especially in my life right now with my father-in-law losing his battle to cancer um, any moment. But, uh, Rachel, I'm just so grateful to be here with you and uh, with with all of our, our spiritual family that's listening in. Um, <clears throat> Rachel, could um, would you like to start with maybe just we'll just call in the angelic energy and 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 support us and and those who are listening to to just feel that comfort would you like to to lead us with that absolutely yeah that would be great so given that there's so much fear in the world at the moment especially you know as we were just talking about what's happening in florida if we can call upon firstly archangel michael now he is the big guns of the angelic realm. He's who we call upon when we need to know that we are safe. And he gives us that strength. We can even ask him if we can borrow his armor and borrow some sets for people who need it too that we wish to bestow it upon. And as we breathe in, 
we are just summoning that light from the angelic realm and just asking for it to just cleanse and protect everyone, including ourselves that we love, everyone that may be feeling fear in the world right now, anyone that's feeling anything less than completely safe. And we can hear little magic joining in as well. Kate's doggy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a protector of the realm. He's he's a good protector, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I guess uh, Archangel Michael must have surprised him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So we're calling Archangel Michael's energy, and as we do, we're surrounding ourselves and everyone we love with a beautiful electric cobalt blue light. Because that's the colour that he that he resonates on, and that's the colour of that protection. And we ask that if you believe you have guardian angels, if you believe that we just have sentinel angels stationed everywhere on the planet that zoom in to help at any moment if it's not somebody's time to go, then we think about these angels now. You don't have to consider yourself to have any special powers or abilities. Just think about the angelic realm. Think about the protection and love that they wish to give to us in humankind. And just take a moment just to breathe in that light. And as we exhale, we are sending that light out into the world. And we ask that everyone feeling less than safe is blessed with safety. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for joining in with that. Wow. Well, I felt an incredible, beautiful rush and and just as if I was being held with that beautiful love and light. And thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff, the angelic realm. It really mm-hmm. is. I, mean, I work with it often. I mean, I work with Rohani Celestial Healing, which is literally channeling that beautiful love and that unconditional love and protection and it it works wonders so anyone can think about that prayers are never wasted doesn't matter whether you believe in god or any kind of religious you know doctrine you can just pray and send love and thoughts out into the world or for anybody and it's never wasted it always has an effect Every single mm-hmm. time. The power yeah. of positive. Mm-hmm. So we're talking today about physical death. And the reason why we refer to it as physical death is there is no such thing as death. That might sound crazy to some people, but I've had interaction with thousands of spirits over the last 25 years that are very much alive and well, thank you. <laughs> They're not dead. <laughs> In any shape or form of that word, they are fully functioning, highly intelligent, conscious beings, and they just no longer have the meat suit and the physical vehicle to ride around in anymore. They are their eternal selves, which requires no vehicle whatsoever. So to try and understand the concept of there being no real death of the consciousness, it's quite helpful to think about 
what is the purpose of us being here, right? I mean, we've all thought about that, haven't we, Kate? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what's your take on things, Kate? What do you believe? Oh, you know, <clears throat> I remember as a child feeling within my every cell of my being that there was something more. Mm. And yet I was raised in a Baptist religion, um, and, you know, they... They scared us a lot at the little church that we went to, so we would, you know, it was, it was just, it was. I look back at it, and it, it's hard to get my mind around that. You know, I felt like there was something more than what I was being taught, and and yet I was afraid of death. I was very afraid, and you know what would happen when my body died, and uh, or those that I loved. And as I got older, I started really moving into that energy of knowing that there was something more just i know there is what is it how do i how do i access it and and then finally it it just kind of happened after all the years and years of searching and and now like you you know i i've spoken with the deceased uh loved ones who have de- been, uh, my loved ones who are deceased my dad came in the very evening that his physical body passed and it was like he never, his body never died because he was always here, mm-hmm. and um, and he was fine. And that's something that he kept saying was, "I'm fine, I'm fine." And you know, he described for me um, his experience of the death of his physical body, and he he was in open heart surgery, so he was he um, he wanted to speak with me, and and I decided yes i need to speak with him and but what do i do and i hope i'm making good sense <laughs> my little brain's just kind of all over the place this morning my do- magic's running around here i couldn't catch him to put him in the crate and so my little brain's going crazy but daddy wanted to speak with me and i thought how am i going to do that and next thing i know i i thought okay i've got to focus here on meditating and connecting with him and and then i was over that operating table with him and he was waiting for me, and he's standing there with his arms crossed. I could see his his essence of his body, and he's 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 watching what they're doing, and he he knows what's wrong, but they're not going to figure it out. And he wasn't going to get back in that body because he said it was old and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And he was going to ride into the his light of God with. Archangel Michael and Archangel Raphael and this really tricked out Harley and and that was his experience of his body dying and he knew from where he was with that that overall view of everything that everyone was going to be okay and he was more than fine yeah and it's he, amazing how they can show us just how easily we can create our own reality once we're on the other side and we're no longer constrained by this 3D physical world on this planet. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, with that experience with my dad and, and, and talking with my guides, and I know you've talked with your guides and they've told you a lot of, a lot of the intricacies of of that transition and what happens 
for everyone. You know, when Daddy and I wrote the uh, Waiting in the Other Room book, Archangel Israel was going to come and um, share with us what happens when the physical body dies from the realm of spirit's perspective. And um, he was showing me that it's like he has a clipboard and he's making sure everyone is where they're supposed to be. You know, so many times when we have a loved one who's, whose body is dying, we want to be there for them. We want to comfort them and, and so that they're not alone, and yet they're never alone. You know, the, our angels and guides are all with us, and this particular angel makes sure that everyone is where they're supposed to be when that physical body expires. And if you're not supposed to be in the room with that person, you won't be. They'll wait until you go to the bathroom or you have to go get a drink of water or you ran out of tissues and you went in another room to get a box and and then they go. Or they may be making sure that that person catches the train or the plane to be there for that for that person to transition. They're supposed to be in the room with them. You know, the, mm-hmm. everybody is where they're supposed to be. And I know so many times we feel guilty that we didn't make it. For some reason, we couldn't be there, and it's okay. It's it's okay. And after all those experiences with with my dad and visiting with other people's deceased loved ones in readings and things, that fear that I always had of death is gone. And I remember yeah. I had um, um, I got food was oh it was a swine flu, and it passed out. And um, in the, passed out in the bathroom floor, <laughs> and my husband totally freaked him out. And he called the ambulance, and they came and got me. And and I'm in the ambulance, and it's way early in the morning, and I'm so dehydrated that I can't even open my eyes. And I kept seeing a light, and I thought I was dying, and I wasn't afraid. I was like, cool, I'm going. And <laughs> Daddy's spirit was there in the ambulance with me, and he goes, you're not dying. And I'm like, no, I can see the light. And he goes, you're not dying. I said, but I see the light. You know, we're in this argument. If I can see the light, and he's like, you're not going to die. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I finally, I just asked the attendant there that was trying to get an IV in my arm. I said, I keep seeing a light. What is that? And he didn't say anything for me. And he goes, oh, he says, as the ambulance is turning, the sunlight's coming in through the window, and it's hitting you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh man, I'm not gonna die. <laughs> not your time. <laughs> not my time. And Daddy uh, laughed at me, and he says, "I told you you weren't gonna die." So, uh, yeah. so you know, and Rachel, can you share with us some of the experiences that you've had? Yeah, I just wanted to um, touch upon something you were just saying there about, you know, if if someone if someone needs to leave their physical body when everyone's left the room then that will happen you know we we seem to think that we need to be by someone's bedside when they take their last breath but i've i've spoken with a lot of people in the spirit world who have actually had to explain to the person i'm sitting with via me that you know what i actually waited for you to leave the room because this is a deeply private and personal thing and I didn't want you to see me take my last breath. I wanted to take that last breath in private so that you didn't have the trauma of seeing me do that. And I've heard that a lot of times from people in spirit. So 
I just wanted to reinforce what you said about we mustn't feel guilty if we're not by someone's side at that last moment because quite often people want to a little bit of privacy when they go um, and that's something that probably wouldn't occur to us because we're still here you know in the living body but that's very true and um, for me my experience my first experience with death was um, when my brother passed away very unexpectedly in his sleep I was 19 he was 16 and he was very challenged physically he'd been born with his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and he was starved of oxygen which um, had caused some brain damage and he had very severe epilepsy and he had cerebellar ataxia which is um, a condition that affects the brain that the brain stem which means that your balance um, and your ability to control your fine motor functions is affected um, but he he was an amazing kid and he was one of the happiest people I think I will ever meet because his mental age was three and the world is awesome when you're three <laughs> and that mm -hmm. was his perspective of life he was pure joy and so when he passed away very suddenly at that point in my life I didn't know I had any ability to perceive anything um, I didn't really believe in all this stuff and he came to me shortly after his passing and he wasn't speaking to me as the intellect of a three-year-old he was speaking to me as someone vastly superior to my intellect now who let me know that this was a life of his choosing that he actually decided to come here to live this life with all those challenges because he'd done all the easy stuff now this means reincarnation is a thing <laughs> that we live multiple lives as eternal beings we choose how if or when we come here to live a lifetime because this basically is boot camp we come here to learn and learning is rarely easy it's usually quite difficult and so we are meant to set ourselves challenges because if we don't, what's the point in coming here? It's like cheating on an exam, right? So he explained all of this to me over a long period of time. And part of me thought I was going crazy. So I did get myself checked out and I was fine. Well, mm -hmm. relatively long. Um, <laughs> and so between him and the spirit guides that then introduced themselves to me, I was given a real education on how much we cannot see or perceive because we're not meant to. We get glimpses. People like you and I, Kate, we can we can develop those senses and we can have bigger glimpses than most. But there's no one on this planet that's living. I mean, I call it the meat suit to make light of it because, you know, the body is just a vehicle. Um, so whilst we're here in the meat suits, we don't really have the opportunity to grasp the vastness of everything because like I said earlier it'd be like cheating on an exam if we could perceive everything and understand everything whilst we're here we're kind of negating the point of being here the point of being here is to learn through the human condition about love about compassion about empathy about what's really truly important in helping our fellow man 
and getting through our own challenges with as much grace and dignity as we can muster. That's basically it. You come here, you have challenges, you either rise to them or you don't. So my first experience of death was devastating. You know, I mean, Simon was our world. He needed 24-hour care. And there was a massive void in our physical lives by his passing. But he made it his business to make sure that I could pass the message on to everyone else that he was very much alive and kicking over there. (laughs) And that he was perfectly fine, more fine than any of us here can ever be, even if we live the most blessed life ever. And that gave me a lot of comfort because I was very angry when he first passed. I was very angry that, you know, that why, why was he given all these challenges and then why was he taken away from us all? But I now understand that it was just his time. He'd done what he came here to do. He'd lived through the challenges that he needed to live through. And it was time to go home. Thank you very much. My stint's done. I've done my bit, (laughs) you know, and off he Mm -hmm. went. So death is hard on the living. And that's something that I often say to people that are grieving because when we pop off and we leave the meat suit, oh, it's blissful. It's like every ailment ceases to exist, every awful thing that ever happened to us, even the the method of our passing can be awful. That leaves you instantly. And as you say, we all end up in the right place when we go over there. There are many different um, dimensions of existence. So if someone, say, for example, Hitler... um, then crosses over they have to go through a really long process of okay here's what you did and you need to make some amends for that and so over a vast number of years in our perception of time they would then have the opportunity to either atone for what they did or be cast into some darker realm now heaven and hell don't really exist there are just different dimensions. Some are beautiful and amazing and some are darker. But all of us, including people like that, have the opportunity to try and evolve past whatever they chose to do. So it's complicated and we could talk for days and days just on that aspect of it. But by knowing all of this, it's given me great comfort that when I go... When I leave this meat suit, I'm going to have the opportunity to reside in an amazing place and process everything I've learned. I'll see everybody I ever loved again because they'll all be there waiting for me. And I know that the people that will still be here when I've gone, that I'll be able to meet them too. You know, we're all of us collected when we pass. In spirit, they know in advance when we're going to go. And they will be there waiting and ready wherever we are, whether it's in the car wreck or by a bedside. They'll be there ready and waiting to say, okay, it's time to go. Come with us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a beautiful thing. You know, some people will say, and some of you listening might know what I'm talking about here already without really understanding it up until this point. But if you are with someone that's dying, and you're at their bedside, sometimes the room can feel quite full. The air might feel quite thick or warm. 
And that's because the room is full. You know, everyone that person's ever loved that's crossed over will be waiting there. You know, there's a reception committee. There's, sometimes there are parties. You know, it's like, woohoo, you're here at last. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a wonderful thing. So, yes, you know, some of you will recognize what I'm talking about there, that we do on some level sense when someone's about to be collected. Mm-hmm. You know, my um, my grandmother passed in 2012, and Jesse and I were there taking care of her, and there were times that she did not want to get out of bed. And mm. we didn't want to leave her alone, but we wanted her to also have her privacy. So we wanted to honor that, but we couldn't, we had to keep monitoring her. So we used Skype and the um, laptops. We put the Skype uh, laptop uh, on Skype and put it right there beside the bed, and we could watch her and what she was doing. Actually, it was, you know, across on the other side of the room, but we could see everything and know if she needed, you know, if she needed anything. And so, but we started seeing lights, lights in there with her and and shadows of movement, Um and we could see her speaking to someone, you know, moving her hands like she's talking. And um, that was just such a comfort to know that the room was full and that she yeah. was communicating with those loved ones who had already passed over. And every time I would go in to speak to her higher self, she was talking with her mother and her sisters, and they were laughing. And I remember Daddy saying, and Daddy was already in spirit, and Daddy saying, those women just won't shut up. <laughs> and rightfully <laughs> so. You know, they hadn't seen each other in years because my great-great-great-grandmother had passed and years before, and Grandma missed her so much. And so they had a lot of catching up to do. So they were talking and laughing. And so we knew that even though her body was fading and and feeling that her spirit was very much alive and well and enjoying being with her her family members in spirit already even though she hadn't fully left her physical body and yeah. i had also had that experience with my um husband's aunt nancy she is the um the foundation of the Pray It Forward prayer list on the Soul Kisses website, and she had passed. She passed of cancer, and I remember she was in hospice. And one night, I was sitting at the foot of the bed, uh, putting lotion on her feet for her because she really enjoyed that. And she was she was just laying there, and and there were a couple people in the room. And I remember seeing out of the corner of my eye, seeing a man walk in. And I, But I was looking at Nancy, and Nancy was watching this man, too. And he walked in, and he walked around behind me, and I turned around to see who it was, and there was no one there. And I knew that that was her husband who had already passed, and I just knew it, you know, in my heart. And so the next day I went in, and and before everyone got there, and, and I leaned over and I kissed her, and I whispered to her, I said, Nancy, I saw Ed here last night. That was her husband, and she got this biggest smile on her face. And I said, oh, my gosh, he is smoking hot. He looks really (laughs) good. (laughs) And she laughed. And then I just whispered to her that it was okay for her to go and be with him. And she smiled, and she shook her head yes. 
and she held on for a few more days, but then she did go. And, you know, one of the things that helped Grandma when she was so close to death was sharing with her that they would they would all be there for her, telling her that, you know, they're going to be there and there'll be a great party and, you know, would you be sure and just let us know when Grandpa comes to get you? And, and she kept promising, yeah, I will, I will, <laughs> you know, I'll let you know. And But... Uh, Knowing that they're not alone, no matter how alone they look, is just such a comfort because you don't ever want someone you love to be laying there alone, but they're not. And those of you who are listening, I hope that you can just take that in, that they're not alone, ever. You know, we're all, if we could... If we could see the angels and the guides and, and the deceased loved ones that are with us in every moment of the day, when we looked in the mirror, if we could see them, the room is full. It's mm. full. Yeah. They're, they're not with us every single moment of the day, like, you know, when we're on the toilet or in the shower, because that would just be <laughs> creepy. Now, now, Daddy but did come are... to me in the shower, though, one time, because oh, I guess he couldn't get my attention any other time, and... He was wanting me to tell mom some stuff, and he had three, no, four things he wanted me to tell her. It was four things. And I was like, Daddy, I'm in the shower. Dude, I'm in the shower. And he just laughed say, it's okay. I'm not leaving until you call her when you get out of the shower. And um, so I was like, oh, okay. So I waited. You know, I got, got my shower and got out, and, and he waited, and, and um, I called my mom. I said, "Okay, I gotta call. I gotta call you because Daddy won't leave me alone until I do." <laughs> and they weren't big deal things for me. I mean, the mm. things that that he wanted me to tell were like, I mean, it wasn't like, "Okay, who's going to be the next president?" or, um, you know, whether she should buy a new car or not. I mean, it wasn't anything like that. But it was three things that she had asked. What do you want me to do about this? And the fourth mm. one she had been wondering about, but she hadn't actually asked him. So that was pretty remarkable for me to be a part of that. But I I really didn't appreciate him coming in while I was in the shower. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, funny you should say that because quite often I will get information whilst I'm in the shower. I think it's, I mean, water is a carrier of spiritual energy. And I think especially when you've got your head under the flow of water, sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a um, conduit you know, a real connector. But I I must admit, I've had no one actually talk to me whilst I'm in the shower. I do tend to get information like via a phone line kind of connection. But mm-hmm. I've yet to have anyone actually appear. But there's the first time for everything, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when I had the previous radio show, I had Roland Comtois on with me. And um, for whatever reason, I shared that, you know, Daddy had told me those things in the shower. And, and Roland was quiet for a moment, and then he said, well, I haven't told anybody this, but my mom came to talk to me while I was in the shower. She was in spirit. She had just recently passed. And he said, I was really upset that she did that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, you got to roll with the flow. <laughs> you see? And if that's the like you say, if that's the only time they can get that connection, they will take advantage of that water, definitely. Mm-hmm. So there and you, you go. Know, 
And so many times, you know, we're busy with our lives and we, we're not listening because yeah. I, I know that my dad gets right up at, next to my ear and yells in my ear sometimes, and I'm still not <laughs> paying attention. Um, I mean, I, Magic Angel Feather has now been captured, and I'm, he's biting, so I'm, I'm going to step away from my headset for a moment I'll be, and put him in the crate. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> Okay. Carry on, Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> that little monkey <laughs> submission. Yeah, so just um, expanding a bit more on what Kate was saying about, um, you know, the room being full. My own grandfather um, was calling out for his sisters that had passed before him. Now, my grandfather was not a spiritual man. He was quite brusque and, you know, he had a strong opinion on many things. And so he wouldn't have believed when he was fully aware in his physical body in any of this stuff at all. He would have been quite the opposite and would have said, stop being so stupid. And yet there he was, as he was passing away, as his organs were shutting down, his subconscious mind took over and he wasn't able to have a conversation or even see the people around the bed, but he could see and hear his sisters very clearly and they had passed before him and he was you know several members of my family witnessed this he was calling out for them as if to say wait for me so they were obviously saying come on Fred it's time here we go come on come on time to go and he was well being his usual self probably being reluctant to do what they were saying (laughs) but he did he, you know, he, he passed not long after and that gave me some comfort to know that even someone like my granddad who didn't believe in this stuff, in his last moments he was seeing and experiencing truly a foot in each world and being aware of what came next and that was great comfort to me anyway that... Mm-hmm. He was seeing the other side and what came next. And my cat Shenley's joined me, so he might you might be able to hear him purring and meowing, so <laughs> the, the our animals are very involved in what we're doing today. I couldn't even catch magic this morning to, to put him in the crate. Um before we do have a few callers on the line with their hands up, and I want to take your calls, but before we do that, I just want to mention that there are no accidents. And Rachel and I discussed this just the other day, that when it's our time to leave our physical body, no matter what we're doing, that's what's going to happen. And, you know, just... Is any time that, you know, an accident, well, we call it an accident, say a car crash, and a, a family is taken, that was the plan. They were all going to go together at that time, maybe not in a car crash, but that's the way it ended up happening. So, no, you know, the people who here in the U.S. on 9-11 who didn't go into work yet and weren't in the towers when they fell, they weren't supposed to be there. Exactly right. You know, when it's all heaven and earth is moved when it's not your time. And I've I've had this happen to me twice. There are two occasions in my life where there is no logical explanation as to how I survived something. 
One was a car accident. And trust me, I should not be here logically. My big body should have gone straight through the windscreen. And it did not. And I felt an arm as real as my own come through the passenger door and throw me back in my seat. So I know, I'm living proof that when it's not your time, everything is moved to keep you here. You know, the laws of physics mean nothing. If it's not your time, that can be bent and you will survive. But when it is your time, there is equally nothing on earth that can keep you here. You know, if someone passes from an illness, nothing could have prevented that. Nothing could have changed it or the out- made, made the outcome different. If it wasn't the illness, it would have been they got knocked over crossing the road or they'd have tripped and fell down the stairs or, you know, something would have taken them that day. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so much evidence of that over the years in my work that I don't doubt that one bit now. Yeah. You know, sometimes when, especially with when someone has an illness, you wonder, did we do everything to save them? Mm-hmm. You know, just like in, in, in the case of my father-in-law, he, has, he decided to do only what the doctors said to do, only. No holistic anything, mm. and we we wanted to support him in whatever his wishes were. But then at the last minute, you know, my Freddie got very upset that there are these other things that you could try, but we have no control over that. The body's going to pass and and expire on the date and the time that it's supposed to go no matter what we do. Yeah. Very and true. We just have to somehow get our minds around that and be okay with it because it's not our journey, it's theirs. And honor yeah. that this is what they came here to do and they've done it and now it's time for them to go. And we do have that opportunity to speak with the higher self of that person if they so choose you know you ask can I speak with your the higher self and if you get a yes then you continue um, I spoke with my uh, father-in-law's higher self last week and he was sitting on a beach drinking a beer with his toes in the sand and I had forgotten that that's what he used to tell me when I needed a vacation that I needed to get some sand between my toes mm-hmm. and he said this is what it's all about is that joy that you feel, that, that excitement and that, that pleasure of experiencing something that you, you love. And that was sitting on a beach with his toes in the sand, drinking a beer. And he said, that's what the life is all about, is moving into that space of joy and happiness, that version of heaven on earth. And he also assured me that he had done what he came here to do, and he enjoyed his life. Yeah. And it's time for each of us to enjoy our lives and let go of the worry and the stress and move into that place of love to enjoy our version of heaven on earth. It's true. It's true. We've got a few callers here with their hands up. Rachel, would you like to take some calls? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay. 
Okay, this first caller, you the last four numbers of your phone number are 3640. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, ladies. It's Rose. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Did you have a question for us? I just want to know what messages are there for me from the angels. Any messages? Rose. Go ahead, Rachel. Hi, Rose. Um, Hi. Hi. We we don't actually give readings on the show, but um, what we what we're aiming to do here is to give people a little bit of peace and comfort in knowing about you know the nature of why we're here. So, is there anything that you need answers to in connection with what we've been talking about today? No, I no, I yeah, just whatever messages. Okay, well. What's what's troubling you at the moment? Is there anything particularly going on in your life that you feel you need messages about? Mm, no, not really. Okay. I mean, please do keep listening into the show. I mean, you might find that there's something that we talk about today that really helps you. Um, but okay. we're we're not, we're not doing readings today, unfortunately. All right, thank you. And thanks for calling in. Okay, so uh, let's see. Let's take the next caller. The last four numbers are 5349. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Okay, we'll come back to them. Okay, so we've got another caller here. Uh, They may be on. Nope, they're gone too. Okay, looks like we might be having some technical difficulties. Um, Either that or everyone readings today. (laughs) What what was that? Either that or everyone was wanting readings today. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's funny. The um, yeah, I could be, could be. Well, um, why don't we go to a really short break and then we will be right back. Do you need spiritual help? If you want to be stronger, confident, happier, fearless and a lot more able to roll with what life brings to you, work with me to learn how. I can teach you one-to-one or via distance learning how to control and enhance your natural clairvoyance and healing abilities with over 25 years of my own experience. Begin to transform your life right now with some down-to-earth help, interesting articles and tips at rachelkeen.net. Rachel and Kate Spiritual Speak. Okay, so Rachel and I have been discussing how to transcend that fear of the physical body dying, whether it's ours or someone we love, and, and the wonderful love that we're all surrounded with. That to comfort us and and that connection that we have with spirit, even though we're still in the human body. 
So we do have uh, the, another caller on the line. I'm going to try to bring you back on the line here, and um, hopefully this will work if you have a question for us. Again, that num last four numbers are 5349. Hi, you're on the air. Okay. They may have us on mute or something. Okay, so yeah. um, Rachel, is there anything else that you'd like to share with everyone that – um, you know, to help, we're in. There's so many people in so much fear right now between our U.S. election and and different things happening all over the world that um, just instills fear in us. Whether it's something that's um, from Mother Earth or from other humans, what can you share with us? Well, I mean, first of all, I just want to um, just say a little bit more about the last caller about you know. Are there messages from the angels for us? There are all of the time. Um, what, but what we need to do is develop that connection within ourselves to receive those messages. You know, it's it's very easy to ask someone else to deliver it, but there is nothing more powerful than receiving your own guidance, your own wisdom. You know, it's like Chinese whispers. You'd rather hear it yourself than through a third party, right? So, mm -hmm. sitting in meditation every day, even if it's just for five minutes, even if you just zone out whilst you're doing the ironing, the laundry, you know, washing up, whatever, anything that makes you feel like you're going into that daydream state, that's an ideal time to set the intention to say, okay, angels, guides, loved ones, what messages do you have for me today? And then see what thoughts come in. And quite often, we might not distinguish the difference between our thoughts, our inner voice, and what comes in. Because often they will use our inner voice to appeal to us, to get the messages through. So in answer to people that perhaps are looking for guidance or messages or, you know, for someone to give them a reading, allow that to come through direct. You know, as long as you ground yourself and you protect yourself with light before you do that set the intention ask for the messages to come and the signs will be there and they'll be plentiful you know i mean i ask my dad for help all the time and he'll send things through it might come in the form of a song that comes on the radio unexpectedly it might come in the form of a feather just literally dropping down outside the window when it's a windy day, but it's dropping like there's no wind at all. There might be a little robin that suddenly appears next to the window looking in at me, which happens often. The signs are there and the messages are always there, but we just need to know what to look for and just allow ourselves to tune in, to dial in, almost like we're dialing into a radio station. You know, to do that is powerful. And it comes with practice, and every single one of us can do that. So moving forward again back into the subject matter of today, which is us talking about, you know, transcending physical death. You know, so many people in the world create fear because they're fearful themselves. You know, I mean, we take one look at Donald Trump, and we can see somebody who's really scared. You know, the outward appearance is, bluster and you know racism and misogyny but what's underlying that what's making him so fearful why does why is he scared of women because that's you know clear 
Why is he scared of people from outside? You know, we are all of us formed by our experiences. Every single one of us. You know, we are born as a blank slate. And we learn from our guardians, our parents, our formative experiences. And those experiences will either make us fearful or they'll make us accepting and loving and understanding and compassionate. So when we feel all the fear in the world, we're really reacting to things that either we can't change, like the weather. I mean, that hurricane today, we can't change that. That's going to do its thing. That's just Mother Nature. But we can do whatever is within our power to change how we feel about it, to react differently to it, to try and feel some peace or calm in a higher power to help us to be able to get through a situation like that that's outside of our control, that no matter what we say or do or however we act, we can't change. So for me, knowing that death is not the end, that that's given me a, a real amount of peace in however life pans out for me. Because, believe me, I get the same challenges as everybody else on this planet. You know, I have the same physical health challenges as everybody else. I have the same life circumstances as everybody else. But I, I can choose how to react to them. So if I'm experiencing physical pain, which again, that makes many of us fearful about the future and fearful about death. When we experience pain, we're really brought up close to our own sense of mortality that life in the physical body is not infinite. But for me, when I experience pain, it reminds me I'm alive. <laughs> and I remind myself that I'm alive to experience it. The fact I can feel this pain that I experience, and I do have pain on a daily basis, I get my mind above it because I can choose to do that. So I can use meditation. I can take advantage of the fact that I am attuned to Reiki and Rahani. And I will use what is within my power to change how I feel about what I'm experiencing. And every single one of us can do that. We have got, each of us, free will and choice. And we can use that to either be fearful and really sit and marinate in that fear. Or we can choose to not feel fear, to accept that whatever we're experiencing is just another challenge for us to rise to and there's no right or wrong in how we deal with something we've just got to find the way that's best for us what serves my greatest and highest good is a question that I ask myself daily what can I do today that serves my greatest and highest good and that of other people and that's a question that I think if we all asked ourselves that each day, we could probably find ways to get through that fear. To understand that no matter what happens, there is an eternal life waiting for us. And that whatever happens to us here in the physical body, it's not the end. And I think if more people didn't ha act in anger or out of fear... The world would be a very different place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, 
one of the things that helped me to overcome fear and, geez, I perfected being a victim and living in fear for so long. And to help come out of that was knowing that I have that angelic support. And, you know, for me it was it was hard to distinguish between, I mean, I'm human just like everybody else. It was hard to distinguish between what was them and what was my own mind chatter and um, fear. And I had to understand that they've been with me so long, my angelic guides, and, and that they felt like they were a part of me. And that's why it was hard to distinguish between what was them supporting me with that love and what was my own mind chatter of wanting something to be. And mm-hmm. when I started, when I understood that, that they are a part of me and they're really here, then I could start distinguishing between the energy and understanding that I really was being supported. And that I I wasn't alone, and that that connection opened that way for for the for the understanding of talking with spirit and talking with my guides in a clearer way. That it became the new normal. And, you know, we've talked about the fear of things happening in in the world, and and the fear of of death and dying. And there is a way to get the mind around or maybe just opening to that possibility of something more and listening to that that energy within us that knows there's something more and that we don't have to be afraid. That the fear we hold is just an illusion of this physical world because there's nothing to fear because our spirit lives on forever yeah. in that beautiful place that you know Rachel spoke of earlier that knowing that in our hearts and, and opening our minds to that possibility just really changes everything yeah it really does it really does and you know from a practical point of view you know um I mean, I've just got qualified in mindfulness-based cognitive behavioural therapy, which is a real mouthful. But it's all about how we can completely change our lives by changing how we think. Because our root fears, you know, our core beliefs, they are all pretty much subconscious decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were talking about earlier about how we're all, we're all formed by what we learn. We can unlearn the negative stuff. We can replace those neural pathways of thinking with deeper, more positive ones with repetition. So it is possible to let go of fear. Whatever the fear is, it's possible to change how we feel by changing how we think. Mm-hmm. It really and I've done this myself in the past, and it really can get rid of some real deep-seated problems. Yeah. And so many times we're afraid to even look at those things. 
you know, subconsciously yeah. where we're kind of a – it's usually not a conscious thought. It's a subconscious thing that we're afraid to look at things because it was so painful in the past. And it could have been something that was painful when we were three years old and we were in some way humiliated or embarrassed or our feelings were hurt in a horrible way that now here, you know, 50 years later, we we still have that, that pain of that energy in our bodies, and so we're afraid to look at it. But if we pull it into the light, you know, when mm. we turn the light switch on in a dark room, the darkness goes away. Exactly. So when we pull, pull it into the light and look at it, it already starts to lose its power. And if we follow the breadcrumbs of that energy, and, you know, when I say pulling it into the light, I'm talking about feeling that resistance or that pain in our bodies. It may not even have a name, but pulling mm. it forward and looking at it. Okay, here's that energy. I'm looking at it. It starts to lose its power. And when we follow the breadcrumbs of that energy, it may go back to that thing that happened when we were three years old that, wait a minute, I am lovable. I, I deserve to have happiness. I don't even believe that what happened to me. I don't believe that about myself anymore. And then mm. all that energy of pain and suffering and fear, just it's just gone. Yeah. And I think that sometimes as well, people's fear of death stems from, you know, having not had an ideal experience in life so far. And there's that tiny part of them somewhere that's saying, is this it? You know, oh, I, I can't die having not done more than this or having had my whole life be this. So it's so important that we do what we can for ourselves, for you know, to enhance our spiritual well-being, our mental well-being, our emotional well-being. And to really, you know, sometimes you've got to dig around in old issues and old wounds in order to release that fear. You're right, you know, we have to shine the light onto stuff. We have to drag it out into the light and say, okay, I'm going to be fearless about this. Yep, it's probably going to hurt in some way, shape or form, but I'm going to look at this and I'm going to work on it and I'm not going to stop until I'm done and I feel different. And mm-hmm. if you can commit to that, if you're brave enough and courageous enough, anything can be fixed. If it's something we feel, it can be fixed. It can be changed, and we can feel and think differently about it. You know, for example, I've, my, my knees are ruined. They, they've got several conditions, a couple of them hereditary, that mean that I can't have surgery that will fix my knees. And I'm 44 years old. And this was diagnosed a couple of years ago, so I had to get my head around the fact that, okay, my mobility is going to be really bad for the rest of my life. Now, that scared me, but I managed to work on it and I managed to feel differently because I can't change it. There is nothing I can do to change what's happening to me and I'm in pain, but I've learned to manage the pain and I've learned to think about and focus upon all the things I can all the things I can achieve. And I do that every single day and I live a great life because I focus on all the stuff that's amazing, all the people that I love, and I don't let it limit me in any way, shape, or form. So we can reframe even something that's life-changing. And we only need to look at the attitude of some people like Paralympians, you know, that they they might have lost the use of limbs, but they're amazing athletes. 
you know, they still enter great athletic competitions and they live happy lives. So no matter what's happening to us, knowing that death is not the end, knowing that we can still achieve great things makes a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're here at the top of the hour, and and we just want to send love and light out to everyone who's listening live and to those of you who are listening to the recording. And we just want you to know that we're here, we care, we're supporting you, and whatever fear that you're experiencing, you can overcome it. Absolutely. So Rachel and I will be back in two weeks on October the 20th. So I hope that you'll come back and join us. And um, until then, we send you love, we send you light. Thank you for being a part of our family. Thanks for listening. Lots of love. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.